just let it out. Oh no, that's not the time. No, oh shit. Time. There you go. Um, I'll let it. I'll do the uh, intro. Intro. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of the Curious Baseball Podcast. After a long quarantine hiatus, we are back. I'm your host, Aaron Plotsky, with my co-host, um, Trevor Mitchell-Wyatt, a.k.a. Brandon. Um, <laughs> or not, or not <laughs> no, no, not Brandon. I you're asking. <laughs> not, Bra- <laughs> not Brandon. Not um, Brandon. So let's let's start it off real quick. NC Dinos. Um, yeah. So it, uh, just to give you guys a little context, it is Tuesday, May twelfth, twenty twenty, at uh, nine twenty a.m. Eastern Standard Time, eight twenty uh, Central Time. Aaron uh, has just woken up, and I have been up all night because I support my lifelong favorite Korean baseball team. The NC Dinos. Are you wait? Hold on. Are you insinuating that I am not the true fan because I don't? Because I, I, I don't hurt. Reasonable hurt. sleep schedule. I don't though. That's the thing. I really don't have a reasonable sleep schedule. I've just been like tired lately. Like quarantine is just it, made me feel messing, like a piece of shit. People up for sure. Yeah, quarantine but, uh, sucks. But yeah, we just we just watched uh, Sung Bum Na. Uh, hit a hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth, a two-run home run. Off the whiz uh, kid, no less. Uh, off the off the closer, who looks like a mix of of Tim Lincecum and and Mike Clevenger. That's okay. I saw <laughs> the hair was Clevenger, and I was like trying to think of who the face was. Yeah, it's Lincecum, hundred um, percent. And then uh, you had uh, Sun Suckman Park. Uh, <laughs> The absolute, the fucking legend. Homer to hit the he hit the foul pole in left field. Did it hit the foul pole? I thought it I thought it wrapped around it a little bit. Apparently, he just hit like the top of the foul pole. He was he was on one knee. They they likened it to Adrian Beltre. He was just on one knee, kind of doing a a, a Carlton Fisk s wave, but he was just on his knee, just trying to push it fair. And and, uh, and he fucking did the dinos. <laughs> Are five and one, uh, absolute and one. legends. They are now tied for first place. I believe. With the is it the the Giants or the yeah the Lotte Giants. Yeah, fuck, uh, who fuck lost the Giants for the first time today. Yeah, fuck the Giants. Um, kind of what we're gonna get into today. I mean, we had a plan to talk about uh, like stadium food. <laughs> yeah, like what think. a month that's ago. So, that's so far out the. That's so far out the window. So far out the door. Um, actually, the Kiwoom Heroes won today too, so I think they are six and one. So oh, they're shit. in first, and the Dinos and the Latte Giants are tied for second. Um, somehow the LG Twins, who are in fifth right now, and uh, did win today, so they're three and four, were higher than the NC Dinos in ESPN's power ranking this week. Um, well, it's ESPN, so like. Yeah. That literally means <laughs> by Daniel Kim, who's the KBO insider. That uh, they they don't really do power rankings over there, but people were really confused as to why the LG Twins were in third. Um, that was kind of the contention. Uh, uh, I feel like with but, the SPN, their power rankings are never good, and then like now they they have to do the KBO, 
So I feel like they probably went off the team. Which team had the most American-born players? And they're like, <laughs> yep, let's rank them. <laughs> because we know um, nothing else. The KBO does have rules on foreign players. Um, only three are allowed on a team. Um, and they cannot play the same position in a game. So, like, you can't have, say, like, a first baseman that's right-handed. Uh, and then, like, later in the game, you have a righty come up and you can't hit right-handers. And you have another foreign-born player off the bench come in and play first base for him. So That's interesting. That's, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, interesting rules in the KBO. Probably the one that is most different than, obviously, the MLB and even, like, Nippon, I don't think, does this, but KBO allows ties after 12 innings, um, even in the playoffs. Ooh. I don't, like so, the, I don't like that in the playoffs, but I do like... Well, in the playoffs, well, I don't like that, no. um, you play all 15 innings... And they, they send it to 15 in the playoffs, and then you just come back and do it again the next day. Hmm. I guess that's not so bad. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I, I don't know if I'd like it for MLB, but I like it. It's I don't know. Like, KBO is different. Second base at the beginning of the 10th inning rule. Yeah, I, I hate that with such a passion. <laughs> you know, like, the KBO is different, and it's good that it's different. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... It, it shouldn't be a mirror copy of the MLB. No. It's not. No, and I, I watched, well, I watched a live stream of uh, the Taiwan, the Taiwan League. What is it? What is it called? The CPBL. Yeah, the CPBL, and the guy pitching was just like nasty. But like the whole time, the comments were just like, "Oh, this guy's crap. Can't find the zone. Stuff is like stuff is not even that good." And it's like all these like stupid baseball fans that are just like trying to compare it to the MLB. Um, sorry it's a different you, game. Sorry if you hear my cat. Um, and also my dog, uh, if you hear like just a random licking noise, that is, that is, that's him. Yep. Licking your bed. No, yeah, he just, he's just, <laughs> <laughs> you can leave her in here. I don't care. I've been trying to keep her out so there's not meows. <laughs> oh, I don't, just leave the door open. I don't care. Just... It's a quarantine podcast. What are people going to do? What are our six listeners going to do? Just turn it <laughs> Uh, we have 98 Facebook fans now, by the way. I I saw that you've been uh, you've been doing work. Well, did you just invite all friends yeah, to like? Yeah, because you invited me to like it, and I was like, <laughs> at first I was like, why the fuck is he doing this? And I was like, oh, he just invited. I I I made it a point. <laughs> it's What's okay. Up, hey, just leave the cat. It's fine. Hi, Jess. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> Well, you can't leave Buddy in trapped in here. He's not gonna leave you. Yeah, probably not. Hundred pound. This dog <laughs> is the neediest dog in the world. Like he is just. Oh, for those of you that don't know, um, we got a dog in quarantine. His name's Buddy. He's seven years old. He's a uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback and Siberian Husky mix. So he talks. Um, he's, uh. he's he's very needy. Um, he will, yeah, he wakes me up at 5.30 every morning. Um, the foster mom said that he'll wake up at 7 or 7.30. It was an absolute fucking lie. Um, because he wakes me up by, like, sniffing and then sneezing in my face. Um, and then, like, he just will, like, 
lick my face and then I'll get up and then he'll just sit there and until I get up and because he needs to shut up because we have seven neighbors so anyway we got a dog what was I even saying um difference in CPPL yeah like MLB right was crap comments are crap people are crap yeah I man I quarantine is really helped me realize how how terrible baseball fans are because like i knew yeah. it i knew it before but now oh, my cat snuck in again that knew that would happen um i knew it before but now it's like nobody has anything else to do so they're just shitting on everything like that guy that threw 105 in his bullpen um yeah i just see like, the how did, that's just a pocket camera you don't know well like that even dude is a, that dude is a beast by the way apparently he's like six foot eight Oh, an absolute monster of human. <laughs> the thing is, like, I could see, like, yeah, pocket radars, like, they have more misreads than, like, a Stalker Pro or a Stalker, like, a Stalker 2 or anything like that, for sure. But at the same time, like, dude last year was sitting 97 to 99. And then yeah. he sat 101 in his bullpen last week. And then up until he threw that 105, he was 101 to 103, that whole pen. And nobody yeah. batted an eye. And then all of a sudden, it hits 105. Everybody in that room turned their heads and then they're like, mm, it's a mystery. It's a pocket radar. That's what pisses me off. Like, it might have been, but even if it's like one mile an hour, I don't know. I just. That's 104 miles an hour. <clears throat> there were like, there were four players in the MLB that hit 102 and a half last year and only one hit more than 103 and that was jordan hicks yeah jordan hicks is not left-handed jordan hicks is not six foot eight is he is he not like he's tall though he's like what six five i you know what i don't know that uh he's six two so not super tall damn um, what the hell happened with my jeans he is only 23 years old god he's younger than me <laughs> yeah, you know, it really, whenever I see, so I follow um, with David Adler on, Yeah. I follow him on Instagram, he always shows videos of, like, the Dominican player, like, foreign players that are, like, prospects, and it's like, oh, 15-year-old, <laughs> some, uh, you know, whatever their name is, and they're like, yeah, he sits, like, 92 to 94, tops out 97, um, top, pro- top international prospect coming into this year, I'm like, what? the apps like what the actual fuck you are 15 years old that level of talent should not be allowed i hate (laughs) it it makes me really salty me of mike piazza who mike piazza was just this dumb little kid and his dad was a uh, baseball coach um but he didn't want to play he wanted to play like harder competition and so like this little kid from pennsylvania went down and played in, I think it was the Dominican Republic. And, uh, he, uh, just, yeah. So, yeah, he attended a special camp for catchers in the Dominican Republic. And, uh, while he was there, people got to see him because they were out there scouting good baseball players, not him. Yeah. I mean, he, well, he was what a 40th rounder. He was like 37th, I think, or 38th round. Um, he, uh... He was, yeah. man, Mike Piazza was... Uh, Hold on, wait, no, 62nd round. Yikes. No, 
That was his first draft, though. His sec- I, I feel like the, when he actually signed, he was 40th round. Because I remember seeing something where... I, are you on Baseball what? Reference? Yeah, I'm on Wikipedia, which is the all-knowing thing I can get on Baseball Reference. But yeah, I got, I got either way, he was drafted really, really late. Yeah, could, yeah, he was drafted. What does it say? What does it say? Sixty-second round. No, that there's <laughs> no that can't be. I I remember so much. Wait, debut draft. Oh shit! Damn, yeah. that's crazy. So Mike Piazza, I knew Mike Piazza was like the the latest drafted Hall of Famer. Um, which I mean, you can't really get much later than that. You can't get later than that nowadays. But yeah, there's not that many rounds. You're, it's speaking of of non-American baseball. Like, I mean, it's especially in the MLB, it's a non-starter because like everybody in the MLB, I think a majority of players in the MLB are not American, or in the MLB and minor leagues, they. I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think in, like, at major, like, in Major League Baseball, like, on rosters, but I feel like in the minors, it's definitely a majority is, um, not They're all international prospects. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, like rookie ball, like, low A, high A. College ball, a lot of, a lot of prospects will come up and play in those collegiate summer leagues. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess basically what we're going to do this episode is shit on Ameri-centric baseball fans. Yeah, for sure. I'm totally down with that. Um, yeah, they all suck. Have you ever heard of Ichiro? Come on, guys. <laughs> I no. I am not. I'm not. Okay. Uh, bold take. Hot take. I'm not. Okay, Ichiro is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Great baseball player. But I'm not like an Ichiro stan. I don't. I like he was really he was really good he was really good <laughs> but i just like and the thing is like he started so like at such a late age too because you know he was playing overseas and like what he came over at what 27 27 i think he played through his rookie season at 28 yeah so he came over old so i think that definitely has something to do with it i just i don't know i'm not I'm not like an Ichiro stand. Like he was, he was amazing, absolute Hall of Famer, great player. But I, I think how good he is was overblown. But I think that's also, that's also evened out by the fact that like he did come over so late. Like if he had, if he if had he debuted come over at night, he probably would have broken Pete Rose's record. Oh, I wish he would have. <laughs> Me I too. fucking hate Pete um, Rose. When I was when I was growing up, uh, I specifically remember this in fourth grade. Uh, Miss Sykes's English class, we got to write a one-page book report, um, aka you go pick out a book that mentions the the baseball player doing it, and you pick a baseball player. She had a, a projector sheet, throwback kids, um, that she put on her projector and put on the screen, and uh, it just had a bunch of jumbled up letters, and so I didn't know who that was, and... Uh, so I chose Barry Bonds instead, and uh, turns out Miss Sykes just didn't know how to spell Ichiro, <laughs> and so my next door neighbor and best friend Jacob got Ichiro to write about, and uh, I didn't get Ichiro to write about, and I was very sad. I uh, I feel like everybody, 
this is the I don't know it's the weirdest thing but maybe this is like a Mandela effect type thing um I feel like everybody has that same story about Ichiro where like in third grade or like Ichiro or Ken Griffey like all the Seattle Mariners players that were really good but the Seattle Mariners always sucked with the exception of 2001 um and then rest in peace <laughs> rest in peace their playoff dreams yeah honestly wasted all of Felix's career anyway um <laughs> I feel like everybody had that report they did it as a kid where they were like, oh, I wrote about Ichiro, I wrote about Ken Griffey, and it's just the weirdest thing in the... I mean, Derek Jeter, too. Um, I, see, I never got Derek Jeter. I got Nomar. I mean, if Nomar had remained healthy... He would probably be a Hall of Famer, yeah, Well, too. he, uh, he would be a Hall of Famer. He would be, he would be better than Jeter, absolutely. Yeah, I was about to say, he's... His peak he was, was better. better yeah, he was better than Jeter. It, his peak was better. His playoff resume was better. Um, just sad. He looked better. I, I don't get that. What? I, I remember... All I remember is when Derek Jeter retired, ESPN did a thing of, like... The baseball diamond of all of his ex-girlfriends. Yeah, all the supermodels he had dated or whatever. <laughs> I wonder what was in those like Derek Jeter gift bags though. Like that what? Is... I'm I'm very I'm very curious. Maybe that that'll be like my aspiration as a baseball writer. I'll like, figure out what was in those Derek. Yeah, Jeter like things. I'll somehow come into contact with somebody who receive them or like a sibling or a family member of somebody who received them because at this point it's more of an urban legend than it is fact mm-hmm. but knowing not knowing Derek Jeter but like exper- having the Derek Jeter experience and who he is as a person and also who he's been with the Marlins as the CEO or the president of baseball ops whatever position he holds I definitely feel like it's true and I'm gonna find somebody that received one and that I will stake my entire journalistic slash writing career on it like i i will find out that is my only goal you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen i'm just gonna be like dan clark and say that i was a beat writer and joined the taiwanese baseball (laughs) oh my god (laughs) was that was the guy who said that corbin's gonna or corbin's gonna Uh, start the yankee yeah no, no, it was Corbin was going to sign with the Yankees, and then no, it was he... Machado was going to sign with the Yankees. Yeah, that's right, and he said he'd delete his account if he didn't, and then... He finally deleted his account the other day for like half a second. Yeah, then he brought, he brought it right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't stand people a, like he's that. He's a huge Baltimore Orioles fan. He's in a Facebook group that I'm in, and all they do in that group is shit on him. Oh, good. Good. He deserves it. Um, but anyway, back to international baseball... Korean baseball, to me at least, I I mean, I'll I'll say I've seen like five or six games live. I've watched all of the NC Dinos games. Um, they're doing a really good job promoting it. Um, they have a game on every day except for Monday. The games that they don't have on ESPN, they're broadcasting on Twitch. They're broadcasting with the Korean broadcast on Twitch, and so like everyone you can has go access basically any night. And go watch a KBO game. You can either go watch a live one, or ESPN will probably have a replay on a Monday night. And they they're doing really well. They're obviously, you know, I don't think they expected um, this large of an impact. But when you're the only sport on after you know 
five weeks of having nothing on ESPN except for old Michael Jordan games and World Series from the early 2000s. Or MLB Network showing Bull Durham for the <laughs> absolute if I have to a listen to that time. Doctor, so one more time. I I I would listen. I used to listen to MLB Radio because a lot because I I, I kind of like Casey Stern. Like he wasn't. I don't know. He, he's he's still one of those guys where it's like his his info and take might be wrong, but he does it in a way that's not like terrible, um, which is better than than most announcers who just kind of talk out of their ass and are like, oh, he was like this. And it's like, no, I can look at his stats online and I can see that he was the exact opposite of that. Frustrates the hell out of me. I don't understand how play-by-play commentators have jobs when literally I can go online and just, oh, frustrates the hell out of me. Anyway, besides the point, um, I used to listen to MLB Network Radio quite a bit. And then whenever Mad Dog Russo was on, switch to Ox. Like that. He is the worst, and I will say this undoubtedly, not just baseball. He is the worst sports commentator, period. I put him above, like, Colin Cowherd and Stephen A. Smith. Skip Bayless. All of Skip Bayless, uh, Shannon Sharp, none of them are as bad as Mad Dog Russo. Because not only is Mad Dog Russo just a terrible baseball fan in general that doesn't know shit about baseball. He yells at people who have any differing opinion of them. And when he is proven wrong, he never can say that he's wrong. And instead just yells at the person who has proved him or has told him that he is wrong. And I don't know. We, we both are journalists. We both went to school or are going to school for this. And like, there are times that you're going to be wrong. Nobody is perfect in media. You know, hot take. There's not a perfect journalist out there. Not everybody's going to be 100% correct all the time. Not even Trevor Plouffe in Barstool Sports. Oh, my God. Um, But you, one, it seems like he's wrong more than he's right. And two, when you are wrong, the integrity of journalism is to come out and say, hey, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Like, if you don't do that, it jeopardizes your integrity. And I feel like Russo has not done that so many times. He has negative integrity for me. Even if he starts coming out and do it, he will have to accrue integrity for me to listen to him again. Yeah, I just don't think I ever will. Even if he does, I just... I, I People who yell as, like, for the sake of yelling shtick. or as their, like, shtick... It's so annoying. Um, like, you can talk loud. Talking loud's fine. But, like, just yelling and then, like, somehow, like, upping making, the... Making your career out of it. Just getting louder and louder as you go along. Yeah, and it's just so... <laughs> it's so bad. And I... Oh, God, I can't stand listening to him. I... Everybody at MLB Network, I for the most part, I just can't stand anymore. I used to watch it all the time, and now I that I've too. actually like learned more about the game and like done my own research, and it's like, oh, they have like professional players on there, which is great, and they have you know segments where they like people will send in videos of their kids doing something and they like critique it, which would be great, 
the exception that the players have no idea what they fucking did to be mm-hmm. successful. Like, I'm, well, one, Harold Reynolds a, should not be doing talking anything. Harold Reynolds a is terrible. very fair thing because the players are not always great teachers. I'll, I'll point to Barry Bonds, who is a very good teacher and a very good player, but he doesn't have a personality to where he can go to somebody one-on-one and say, hey, this is where you're messing up. A lot of players just listen to hitting coaches, found their own swing, got in their groove of things, and did what worked for them. What worked for them is either A, not something that will work for everybody, or B, so unconventional that it's not something that you can talk about on TV. Uh, my first thought would be somebody like Gary Sheffield becoming a, a hitting coach. Well, even then, like I feel all good hitters kind of do the same, kind of have like a base level of what they do. But just some have an awareness of what they're doing. It's kind of the whole debate, real versus feel. So like Mike Trout and Joey Gallo, uh, I, I remember seeing two different segments on, on each of them, respectively. And they both said that like when they're in the cage, like on a tee, you know, they like to, you know, like swing down at the ball or like, you know, like be direct to the point or whatever with it, um, you know, because that's like their swing. But you look at them in-game footage of they them doing do like, that. No, they don't do that because you can't do that. It's not possible to swing down at the it's baseball. The also, it's it's not Christian, the fastest well, point of the ball. Christian Yelich talked about that on a podcast the other day because he said he attributed his hitting gains to Barry Bonds. He's like, all right, Barry Bonds taught me this drill. He threw me a pitch. He's like, all right, I want you to hit it off of the plate. I want you to swing down and hit the plate. And Christian Yelich tried to do it, and he just couldn't do it. And uh, he's like, this is what people need to do in practice. You cannot do this in a game. I cannot tell you to better your swing with this in a game because that is not how swings work. You're not going to become a 30-home run hitter trying to hit the top of the plate. This is something that you do to work on your launch angle eventually. And I don't think players... Like, former players, especially not Eric Burns and Mark DeRosa, know how to explain that to young children. Right, and I feel like it's it's also a thing where, well, because Christian Yelich made a comment, so somebody had, I think, tagged him in something where it was like, oh, well, you know, you became a better hitter when your launch angle started to go up, and Yelich was, you know, respectively like, okay, like, why do you think... Like that happened. Like, what was the change? And the guy was like, "Ah, just taking a stab at it. Like, maybe your timing was better." And Yelich was like, "Yeah, exactly. Like, when you're when you get out in front of the plate, like when you let the ball travel to you, you you are not in control. Like, you get to the front of the box, you get to the ball. Like, right, you get to the ball, you control where the ball is going to hit, not the other way around. So, like, you know, he was just talking about like I. The big difference was." I had better timing and that allowed me to hit the ball further and hit the ball in the air more. Um, which is, which is an interesting take because for him, you know, he's talked about how, you know, he, he did not make a conscious change to hit the ball in the air more. He was just like, I, 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 I was on time more. Like I yeah. had better timing and it's just, it's so interesting to hear how a player discusses how they made adjustments because we can look at him and be like, Oh yeah. Christian Yelich is, Waiting on base average, his Woba went up as soon as he started hitting the ball in the air more. Everything went up as soon as he started hitting the ball in the air more and less grounders. Because um, he's always had the hard hit tool. He's always had all that. But as soon as he started hitting the air more, he became an MVP candidate. And it's always interesting hearing how they think about things because it's like, 
we can see that and be like, oh, he just tried to hit the ball in the, more in the air. Like, that was a conscious that's choice. That's how he saw it. Right. It was it's just... just... And I'll, uh, we'll go back again to, like, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> players, players, don't get me wrong, I stopped playing baseball at 15 years old for a reason. Uh, switched to tennis because I cannot hit a baseball. Could not hit a baseball. Could never hit a baseball. Um there players are not always the it's uh, it's for any act like i i'm a saxophonist and i'm lucky enough to be able to articulate what i need to do with the saxophone in order to teach somebody how to play saxophone i have met much much better performers than i have that cannot explain how they play the saxophone to somebody that is in sixth seventh eighth or even ninth or tenth grade and it's a different skill it is a different skill to teach, and it is a different skill to play, which is why so many managers were not great baseball players. Yeah, Look I mean, at Terry Francona is my my first thing. Terry Francona's playing career was more than forgetful, but you know, one of the greatest, one of the greatest game managers of the last I don't know, fifteen, twenty, twenty five years. Yeah, and I think Yelich, he admitted that in a tweet too because someone commented like, oh, like all these non-players and stuff, like trying to talk about, you know, players and what changes they made, like they don't know anything. And Yelich was like, well, no, I've learned equally from people who didn't play or from people who weren't good as much as I have from people who did play. Like just because, and he, he admitted that, he was like, just because someone did not play the game doesn't mean they don't know what they're talking about, um, which I respected a lot because yeah. as someone who... Like, I mean, I've played essentially my whole life, um, but I haven't been good. So um, it, it was it was nice because now I've shifted in this role of, like, writing about baseball and being more That's of an analyst or, like... So it was kind of nice to hear that because it, it gives a sense of, like, legitimacy as a journalist it does. in baseball. And I did the exact same thing. I wasn't good at baseball, so I did the next best thing and started writing about it. And, uh, you know... I it's lucky because people like you and I and so many other journalists in the world that grew up watching baseball and playing baseball at a not high level, we have an understanding of the game of baseball. We can look at things and see why these things are happening without having to replicate them ourselves because God forbid if I had to replicate <laughs> if I had to replicate Chris Sale's slider to explain it you you and I would not be having this podcast and I would I would probably be pitching in the minor leagues if I had the ability to do that at least um, yeah that'd be nice <laughs> but I, the other thing I like about it just moving on from from statistics and and changing up whatever you're doing in general is that you can see tangible results from your change and going back to our previous points in the episode you do not have to be in America to get those tangible changes. And my first person that I will point out is Preston Tucker, mm-hmm. who's playing for the Tigers right now in the KBO, and he is on fire. Yeah. His OPS is 1.465. Well, Dixon Machado, too. Dixon um... Machado's is 1.3, and that's what I find crazy. Dixon Machado's is 1.34, and he is seventh on that list right now. Damn. 
I mean, to be fair, it's, it's through what six to seven games max. So there's always. Yeah, I've, I've only but, had like twenty-five to thirty plate appearances so far. Twenty, twenty-five, thirty. So not a large sample size, but there are there are one, two, basically half of the players at the top of the scoreboard are foreign-born international players, which you would expect. Right. Dan the Straley. other half are not foreign-born international players. Right. And so people another thing they mentioned today on the on the on the ESPN broadcast was that they they liken the KBO to like a somewhere in between double A and triple A league. These are players that have some of them put in major league time. Yeah. And that could probably rake in double A AA or triple A. And they are playing amongst competition who is also raking with them. Also making a lot more money. Let's just and also making a lot more money. Uh, Let's just and... be very clear about that. They are not. If the minor leagues paid anything close to a living or fair wage, I don't think there would be as many American-born players. No, absolutely not. Uh, speaking of living or fair wage, uh, while you were asleep, maybe a little bit before you went to sleep. Um, the MLB announced that the owners had agreed on a proposal for 2020. Um, this was the big thing that was released yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. The bullshit proposal. Um, it, it, there are a lot of things that a lot of people don't like. There's an 82-game season. Um, I am not against that. I know a lot I'm not of people would like a longer season that might bleed into November or December. But then the logistics of like winter come into play, and especially playoffs, you'll have to figure something out. Um, the one thing that I was interested in was that there would be a 50-50 split between players and owners, which is not something baseball has done before. And the funny thing is, usually owners pay out 51%. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of... little little kick in the knackers for the players. Well, it's it, I think it's... It's also, I think their official proposed plan, I can't remember if this is true or not, so do not quote me on this, um, but it was, for, they would pay, f- instead of a prorated salary, they'd pay like 48% or something yeah, like that, and it's like, like it, and it's like, well, it, it's always interesting to me, because like, why is it, you know, the justification for anything that MLB owners do, it's like, oh, it's like, we're taking all the risk by paying these salaries, and then all of a sudden, now since, okay, fine, you're taking the risk, but then when you start to lose money, it's now you're gonna shove it off on the players, even yeah. though you've for so long in your negotiations. Now you've oh, taken the risk, and the risk has hit you. You don't want that risk anymore. Right, which is just peak ownership, peak billionaire politics, peak United peak States capitalism. politics. Yeah, peak capitalism. We love it. Um, I mean, peak America, honestly. Yeah, well, we won't get too political, but there's so many countries that have just yeah, cap. It's capitalistic with strong uh, welfare programs, and it works yeah. perfectly. But you but, know, we won't do that here because land of the free, home of the brave, bullshit. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> continue. There, there are more things that were proposed yeah. uh, other than the 82 game. The other big thing is the implementation of a universal DH across the league. So happy Weird. if that happens. I I love the I love the DH. I've loved the DH forever. Uh, you as a Brewers fan love it because now you can 
not have Ryan Braun. <laughs> not you cannot have Ryan Braun, and some days you cannot have Travis Shaw playing second base. Well, Shaw is Shaw is in Toronto now, so is he? Yeah, I, I was. I almost said Eric Kims, and then I remember that he's he in Washington. In, yeah. He was in Washington now too. Uh, Keston is a decent fielder. So no, he's not. He is a. Have you just look at the outs above average leaderboards? Um, on oh shit, I just broke a pencil. Um, on <laughs> on a baseball savant, if you look at so like they judge, you know how they judge every category by like mm-hmm. um what percentile you're in. So his outs above average, I think, is like what fifth percentile or something. Keston Hira is a absolute dog shit fielder, and he is. I I almost wish he becomes DH because he. He loses value by being in the field. He's one of those guys, like, he is a better hitting... I mean, like, okay, the that's not really thing, good The first comp. person that I think about when I, when I think about that is somebody who I guess has gotten a little bit better, but not a ton, would be somebody like Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Who I think the Cubs should immediately... Oh, Universal DH? Hi, Kyle Schwarber. We have a job for you today. Yeah, oh, but absolutely. There's no reason that Kyle Schwarber should be playing catcher third base or left field for the chicago cubs then he should have been traded the day the 2016 world series or the day trades were available to do um i have stood by that um ever because since the world such series a high value. that his he hit his peak value that was yep. it because he 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 was not there the whole season and then he rakes in the world series he was already a top prospect top hitting prospect his value Honestly, would have never been higher you trade that's when you just blow it up that's when you play trade Anthony Rizzo. That's when you trade. Chris well, I, I don't. I, I don't know about that, but I definitely would have traded Kyle Schwarber for like a starting pitcher that would have helped them um, right now because a lefty. God, they need a lefty. Do they have John Lester? John Lester, yeah. <laughs> Who just as soon as his backdoor cutter stopped being stops being Real called quick. six inches off the plate, as soon as that happens. Um, he is just, his career is going to disappear. And it started to, you know, like he had like, his ERA was fine, but his FIP was just, was terrible. And he was getting hit. His field, he, I don't know how somebody can make a perfect throw from the pitcher's mound to the catcher's mitt with like 17 inches of space. And then before don't away don't from don't don't come at me like that. Don't come well, at me like that. It is so much different. I see. I it don't is think, so I mean, much different. I played catcher, so I kind of get it. Like, I I can I can do it the opposite way. I can throw a dart from behind the plate straight to the second baseman or shortstop's glove. They will ask me to pitch. I can't do it. But like, I, I, again, it is different. It's so much but, different because the thing is when you're pitching like. Uh, for me at least so i've i've struggled with the yips throughout my career and like all that shit um it's so much different because when you're when you're on the mound like you know what you're doing but when you get that ball you just because you can't throw it as hard as you can like you you can't no, wind you up can't. like a pitch you, you have to you have to almost like eh. and i've never like i've never thrown with a with the short with the exception of behind the home plate but like you don't have time to think about anything but like you have to like t-rex arm it to first base or like underhand it and it's the weirdest thing in the world because it's not comfortable so it's just it's one of those things where i i 
it's bad. I'm not. I'm not as bad. I'm actually a decent fielder when I'm on the mound. Um, for the most part, if I don't forget You're to no cover Keith a base. Hernandez. Not quite. Um, <laughs> I was. I was like, if Keith, if you took Keith Hernandez's bat and made it league average, and then you took Ozzy Smith's glove and made it league average, that was me. <laughs> So you were league average. Yeah, I was league average. <laughs> I was league average. Um, I had great plate discipline, though. Um, that's I did since too, gone. But that was mostly because I was afraid to swing the bat. <laughs> Come on now. All right. So anyway. next thing in the MLB proposal is that there will actually be a 50-man roster. Now, this does not mean they will bring 50 people with them. There will be 30 people active rosters. And they'll have a taxi squad of 20 people as well, which I think is kind of needed in a really shortened season. I'm sure starting pitchers and relief pitchers especially are going to be gassed because you're going to ask starting pitchers to throw seven or eight innings. And then if they can't do that, you're going to have relief pitchers throw seven or eight innings. Yeah, it's... I... Most things with this proposal... One, the proposal... Well... There's public health concerns, so that's the main yeah, thing. They haven't mentioned that at all in the proposal. Right, because because what ownership wants to do is, oh, since they have a plan, they're ready to propose to the players. If the players reject it, guess who's going to get shit on by most people? Yeah, the players. players. Right, because if it's just, oh, well, we want, you know, like you say you want to play, but then you reject the plan. Well, um, Sean Doolittle had a really good thread about this. Yeah, um, I, I saw Sean Doolittle's thread talking about how, and Eduardo Perez talked about it in the broadcast. He's like, it's the same thing every time this happens. Ownership brings something, the players don't like it, the players reject it, the media gets it, people hate the players, and the players back off a little bit. Just how it goes. It it really is, and it's, and it's frustrating because you have guys that are like, hey, um, because everyone's like, oh, well, like, what's it gonna affect like a twenty, like a healthy twenty-seven-year-old? Uh, one, it does. It like it one, it does. Two, um, just because you're physically healthy doesn't mean like everything, like your body is going to just reject a virus. Three, it's also clubhouse staff, uh, your manager. Like, what if Dusty Baker died from it? Like, what if Dusty Baker contracts coronavirus and dies because we started the MLBC? Like, who is that on? Who's that on? That's on the owners. Right. And 100%. So, 100%. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, yeah, we want to play, um, but... We, we have needs. We have things that we have asked for, and if those things aren't met, we are more than willing to hold out for the safety of ourselves, for the safety of our families, for the safety of our friends. I think it's important. Um, yeah. John Boyce, uh, the editor of SB Nation, had a wonderful video about the last uh football lockout um and mentioned randall cunningham who and and the philadelphia eagles who were kind of on the forefront of the player side of things and the dallas cowboys who were um not and kind of how the two ended up meshing together at the end of the season when everything came back but it mentioned like that people hated the players because they're like we can't i don't understand how you make millions of dollars and aren't getting what you want those players were owned by their team absolutely that's and even before mlb free agency marvin my, my good buddy marvin who was finally finally rightfully inducted into the mlb hall of fame 
If it was not for him, MLB players would still not be allowed to sign with a new team today. Right. And people think about free agency as like this normal thing now. 40 years ago, it was not. Strikes and labor disputes led to free agency. And as I as I talk here, Aaron is leaving, so I'm just going to put some filler here. Labor disputes in sports have been around since forever. I mean, <laughs> notorious Philadelphia athletics manager, uh, whatever his name is. Just call is. me out. Notor- uh, early Philadelphia athletics manager. What's his name? Uh, oh, I know I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, shit. Casey something? Casey Stengel? Connie Mack. Connie Mack. There we go. Casey Stengel. What am I talking about? Connie Mack didn't want to pay his players. Simple as that. His players didn't want to play until they got paid, so Connie Mack traded them and didn't win any more World Series. Simple as that. Uh, (laughs) Labor disputes have been happening since the early 1900s in baseball. Players are always going to be looked at poorly when these things happen because the owners, one, have the ability to introduce something before the players do, and two have the money to make the media spin it the way they want to. Right, exactly. And it's, everyone who defends ownership is like, oh, these players make millions. The owners make billions. Billions. Like, Major League pay is relative. It's like something where I am am a very big advocate for uh, pay equality and raising the minimum wage, all the things like that. But, so I, and I used to be like, oh, we're getting paid millions, who cares? But like, I've now realized pay is very relative. When you have a multi-billion dollar industry, what was it, $10.6 billion in profit last year? (laughs) Right. Well, what happens? The ownership is making that money. The players get paid, and the profits go to ownership. Like, these owners are billionaires. Especially in the MLB. The owners are billionaires. The revenue sharing... The NFL does revenue sharing. The NHL sucks, and the MLB doesn't do any revenue sharing. They do do players. some. They do well during the playoffs. Yeah, during the playoffs. And then um, they have revenue sharing with uh, more poor teams, which yeah. doesn't make any sense because the A like revenue sharing goes to the A's when the A's like owner I think is like what the fifth richest in MLB. So stupid. Can't fucking. Oh god, it's, I hate it so much. Um, it's, it's frustrating. Is, there's a lot of money going around in sports. And even one of the reasons that the players are are hesitant to accept this deal is because the owners have not given them... Sets a president. They have not given them paper. They have not given them anything saying, this is how much money we will be losing this year. They won't give that to them because all the owners want to say is, we're going to lose this much money this year if we don't have baseball without giving them proper receipts or any type of lawyer mumbo-jumbo saying that they're not going to make that much. Yeah, it's just... It's just all... It's all hearsay. It's just... You know, like, an owner will say, oh, well, we're, we're going to lose money. Uh, respectively, yeah, but again, when you are worth $4 billion, you losing $20 million is literally pocket change. That is like me who has a net worth of my car. My car is my net worth. That is like me losing like 
20 bucks in cash. Like, it sucks, but I'm not going to die. Like, we're in this place right now. Like, not 20 bucks cash. Like, that would really suck, actually. Um, maybe, like, <laughs> three... the exact same thing. I'm three, like, I have $10 on my bird right now. Three, $3 cash. If I lost $3 cash, I would be kind of annoyed. But, like, all right, like, I'll live. Like, we'll live. Justin and I will get by. Like, we're fine. You know, like, that's not a big deal. Like, it's it's three bucks. Like, I'm not going to die from losing three bucks. But at the same time when people see bigger numbers like oh my god an owner could lose 40 million um yeah but that owner that point zero zero one percent of their net right it's so dumb it's so dumb and it's so and the thing is since they have that much money they can make it back like i remember people saying the exact same thing about jeff bezos they're like oh amazon lost like 400 billion dollars and i'm like his net worth just went up now in like, yeah, what, like in forty days it rained nine point billion dollars. Yeah, like their money is nothing to them. Absolutely not, and it's you know it's wow. I completely I had a point. It was a good point, I think, and I just fucking lost it. Owners yeah. suck. Owners suck. Yeah, that 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 you know more or less owners suck. Um, I am all for the players. Um, you know, I actually, I actually was thinking about it last night, and um, you know, possibly write an article about this. But um, any quality of pay, not just going back to the minor leagues, but also looking at it like when you have billion-dollar owners of major league clubs, and then you have million, multi-million-dollar owners of minor league clubs, uh, you also have to look at pay and quality of staff, of grounds, oh, yeah. of grounds crew, of bat boys of all these things that that make the game happen it's the same thing right now during the pandemic all these essential workers make shit like it does and the funny thing is all of these essential workers were workers that were once told like you are replaceable somebody can take your job you are not worthy of a living wage they are the only people keeping this economy running right now absolutely how are people surviving if they're not going to the grocery store or walmart and getting their groceries and or taking their fat asses through mcdonald's to go get a double cheeseburger both of those people are keeping you alive right now but two months ago you said they didn't deserve a living wage yeah and it's and it goes back and it's interesting how it shifted because you know going back in history you could look at like Oh well, my grandfather worked in a warehouse his whole life. He could afford a fucking home. Yeah. He could afford to go on vacation once a year. He could afford, a, you know, even if it was one car, he could afford to live, put food on the table, and maybe retire when he hits sixty-five on a pension. Working at a factory, but now it's like, oh well, factory. You like work you're, at a factory. You know, yeah. You piece of shit. Oh, you're not an, an hour. Right. And it's just it's it's such bullshit how it's transitioned because it's been. And this goes. This this will make it back to baseball at some point. We've we've gone in a direction where technology comes in, where it's like, oh well, you know, being an accountant is skilled, but you know, working on a on a in a factory on a line, or a production line, or boxing and that's replaceable stuff. Replaceable by a robot, because robots can't do math with money. Right, uh, quote unquote. Um, so it's just it's just one of those things where it's just completely frustrating. It goes all and, and it pervades all of sports and especially MLB because there's so much there's so much disparity and there's so much inequality between an owner who 
an owner who gets to sit on his ass in his home and making the money and a player who has to who has to do it and you know it it got brought up by i think do you follow john becker on on twitter i don't think so all right um i i don't know his handle i don't think he listens but if you do sorry um but he was saying i don't like he made a point that i don't understand why an owner when they buy a team doesn't just work at break even costs and then when they sell the team they make hundreds of millions of dollars anyway because billions of dollars billions though teams always accrue value so if you just work at a break even budget you spend a ton of money on players you win championships first of all like even on a break-even budget, you're still going to make money. And then when you sell the team, you're making hundreds of millions. It's like, it's funny because when people talk about investments, they're like, oh, well, it might not pay off now. They'll pay off in 10 years. But as soon as it comes to like owning a team or owning something that's like even slightly a risk, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm taking the risk here. And so I should see profits immediately because it's my risk. Well, why is, it, why is owning a team different than it, – it, it is different from a different investment, but from – a business standpoint why is it different than any investment like if you have the opportunity to double your double what you paid for something like do you have the opportunity to double a profit and all it takes is just spending a little bit more money now when you have expendable income just do it run the team at a break-even cost like fuck like the brewers mark antanasio like dude like have a have a 250 million dollar budget you can afford it and when you sell the team after you win a world series because you went out and spent money guess what you're making you're making all that money back and you're making a billion dollars dude you are doubling your net worth at least at least Uh, and i'll move back i'll move back to baseball as soon as i make my next point how far down does this go because in this is where People start to split in opinions, like, you know, major leaguers are making money, minor leaguers deserve to pay more. There are multi-million, if not billion-dollar industries at the collegiate level as well. Mm -hmm. And so college baseball players who are, at this point, affected by the draft, which is now only going to be five rounds, by the way, that's a whole other topic that we will get into which we are both not happy with and many people are not happy with these baseball players who were going to come in juniors in college were going to make you know three four hundred thousand dollar signing bonuses now have either the option to go back to school and play for a year if they do get to play for a year next year or sign as an undrafted free agent for twenty thousand dollars Neither of those things are what they wanted, but at this point, if you're somebody who was a fringe sixth, seventh, eighth round pick, you are losing four, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. And you're and you have no leverage. Like college no. juniors now have no leverage because what are they going to do? Go back to college and then come back next year when there's an even bigger draft class because now there was no draft or the draft was limit or the draft is limited to five rounds and so guys are going back anyway like you have it's taken away every single ounce of leverage with the exception of top top picks yep and those top top picks are just going to get more and more money right and i think what what was it after i think after the 10th or after the fifth round it was a total of 30 million dollars spent in total slot value that was predicted for this year so it costs 
on average less than one million dollars per team to fund the rest of the draft and they're not gonna fucking do it yep they they figured out that the the profits lost by the entirety of mlb if they just had the 10 round draft instead of the five round which the 10 round i think is more than reasonable in a time like this is the the owners would have lost sixty thousand dollars each like they would have lost more money than they would have paid in draft picks and at that point the owners and the mlb are making it clear they do not care about the players they care about money no matter how small it is the scouts wanted more draft the the scouts wanted more draft rounds the teams wanted more draft rounds in most cases they wanted that versatility of being able to take somebody in the later rounds that maybe they passed on earlier because they wanted a safe pick because they're only getting three four five i think the most picks that anybody has this year is seven you only have seven picks are you going to go for somebody like aaron judge who was a third compensatory pick for the yankees in the first round they wouldn't have picked him if they didn't have three picks in the first round or mike trout who was (laughs) drastically overlooked players like that are going to either fall further down and not make the money they deserve or they're just not going to get drafted. And they're going to sign for fucking $20,000. Who's going to say they just don't play anymore? Who's to say they don't just go get an insurance job? Mike Trout, go sell Liberty Mutual Insurance in New Jersey. Yeah, well, to be be fair, Trout was a first-rounder anyway, so I think his would have been a little bit... I do get your point, but he was a first-rounder. I do... I do. He was very overlooked, but he was still at the twentieth, twenty ninth pick. Yeah, he was pick. like twenty second or twenty second. Yeah, so it's like I, I, I always, I always do chuckle when I hear like an MLB or especially in the NFL when like a draft pick gets picked like last in the first round. They're like, oh man, I was the last in the room. Like, dude, you're still picked in the first round. You're, you're still making, round. Mi- you're still <laughs> making millions. Of, like, you were overlooked by four picks. Like, okay, big deal. So, um. But I, I, do, I do get your point. I just I, I just I always think that's funny um, when people are like, oh man, I was so overlooked when you were drafted like literally is the 28th overall. Um, anyway, sorry, I don't know why I interjected there. ADHD. Oh, you're good. Uh, going back to baseball, now that we've segued from college baseball, there's one more thing that uh, the MLB is looking to do this year. There's the 82 game season, Universal DH, 50 player squad. 50-50 revenue split, and then the other big one is they're going to expand postseason play. Um, oh, it'll, home oh, se- it'll be most likely played in home cities. There are going to be 14 teams this year instead of 10. Cannot wait for a 41-41 and 41 or a 42-40 and 40 team to just somehow make the... Oh, God. You know what? I always think about this. This is if baseball is played this year, it's going to be the year the Dodgers win the World Series and, <laughs> and nobody nobody's going to give a shit. Because, no, because, so 17, they get stuck with the cheating Astros. 18, they get stuck with the cheating Red Sox. 19, they fucking blow it because Dave Roberts brings in Kershaw for some reason. Um, and then 20 is going to be the year they win it and absolutely no one is going to give a shit That's because they're going to be that. facing like the 41 and 41 Mets. The three previous years, what the fuck ever. Oh, you finally won the World Series? Well, this year doesn't count anyway. Right, because they're going to be facing, like, the 41 and 41, like, Cardinals or Mets. 
there's a really really good pitching prospect from Vanderbilt, uh, Kumar Rocker. Oh, I love Kumar Rocker. Um, and he's projected to be like the number one or number two pick in next year's draft. And so I'm hoping the Orioles don't pull an Orioles and go like 53 and 19. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen anyway. I mean, See, come on. You, you know that. Like, you know that in the back of your head. And then you just think about 2014 and how, like, the Orioles were supposed to be bad. And then they won the AL East. And then they, they didn't The, the lose. talent level is a little bit different. Let's just let's just be honest. Like, yeah, you'd have I mean, to have like if a, we had Dwight Smith Jr. running this team, like you ran that MLB the show show tournament. Yeah, or if we um, if you had oh what was it the the anti semite Delman Young is that who? Oh my god! I another thing I can't stand about MLB Twitter. So why is why are people standing still standing around this Chapman and Delman Young? I don't get it. Like, everyone hates Roberto Ozuna. Like, what they should. Absolutely. Um, but then, like, when it comes to, like, Araldis Chapman, who fired, who choked his girlfriend and fired eight bullets into his garage door after getting in, uh, while in, in a fight. It's like, oh, whatever. Bygones be bygones. But, like, and then Delman Young, who got into street fights. Uh, he's anti-Semite. He called, said horrible things. Yeah, yeah, terrible. There were there were tweets going back to like as far back as like 2012, where it was like, "Oh yeah, Delman Young's ready to celebrate. Keep him away from the Jews tonight." Right, and it's like, what? Why? I because I saw a, I saw a tweet about like a story of his. It was like him and Darren Span going back and forth, and Darren Span roasted him. Um, and like people are like, "Oh yeah, Delman Young was hilarious," and it's like, "What? Hold on a second. Like why?" I, I don't I don't get it I, I really don't and it's frustrating and so like because you see a guy like you have a guy like Delman Young who's just objectively horrible and same with Rawls Chapman but Rawls Chapman gets a pass because he throws hard and Delman Young gets a pass because he was good for a year in the playoffs he had a, a clutch double that helped the Orioles yeah. win a game which they eventually lost the series anyway so like whatever yeah, um, yeah. I'm very well aware that it happens. Man, imagine if uh, what was the closer for the Orioles? The the sinker baller. What was his name? He had like 50 saves. Oh. Oh. oh um. Oh. Oh God. Crap. <laughs> that guy. That yeah, that guy that had 50 saves. Well, in 60 chances. Let's be real. That's not impressive. No. Uh, no, that's a that's a bad percentage. Um. Ooh, who was it? Tommy Hunter. No, 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 no. No. Um. We're we're gonna we're having a fun time here trying to figure it out. Oh, Orioles closer twenty fourteen. Uh, no, not Zach uh, Britton. Uh, what what the hell? That ain't right. Who? No, this is Zach Britton. What, like what? No, it's not Zach Britton. No, I know it's not Zach Britton. Um. Oh, come on. Don't. Jim Johnson! Ah, uh, you got me. I just got there. <laughs> yep, Jim Johnson. Um. What was I even saying? 
Why was I talking? Oh Royals. yeah, yeah, because he blew. He blew in the in the series against the Yankees. He blew like back to back games and went to a game five and the Yankees won. So without Jim Johnson, I feel like the Orioles had a shot to win it that year. Without Jim yeah. Johnson, just being just Jim Johnson, Jim Johnson, and being terrible that year, he had fifty. Oh, his he had a FIP of three point four. He had a what the hell? He had a one point two eight WHIP. That is terrible. That's god awful. What uh, the hell? It reminds me. I'm very lucky um, during the early 2010s to have lived in Arlington or just west of Arlington, Texas, and so I got to see the awful bullpen work of the Texas Rangers during the World Series against both the Cardinals and the Giants. So I don't take <sighs> any bullpen stuff for granted anymore. Well, if, Nat- I- if Naftali Feliz would have actually like been like, "Hey, I can go out for," another. he was like, "I can't go out for another." After, well, after Nelson Cruz blew it because Nelson Cruz, yeah. he was like, "I can't do another inning," and so they had to bring in. I forgot who they brought in, but like Naftali uh, Feliz couldn't. Darren Oliver. Yeah. Left-handed pitcher yeah. Darren Oliver to pitch to David Freese. <laughs> Most RBIs in a postseason, which is crazy to me. Um, I always think about that because people always talk about who's the most clutch hitter that's still playing baseball. I'm like, is David Freeze still playing baseball? Not anymore. He retired. He retired this year, didn't he? But, like, that's crazy because, I mean, he's up there. Yadier Molina plays pretty well in the postseason sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. David Ortiz. Oh yeah! Okay. Did you see the Did you see the thread about W like the the win probability? I did. Yeah, I did. he's not clutch. I I love Yachty. I really love Yachty, but he is so. He's been a great catcher. Is he a Hall of Fame worthy catcher? I don't know. I I don't care if he gets in. I'd say he's he's borderline in my opinion. But if he gets in, like that's fine. That's for sure. But he's so overrated and the fact that like he can literally take a piss and everyone's like oh my god wow because does anybody take a piss like yadi no because he's yadi and it's like what are you even saying right yeah, now see, yadi's a plus offensive catcher and now is probably a plus defensive catcher well he, he was peak, he was a plus 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 elite defensive right catcher. but he was before when he came up he was a negative bajillion offensive catcher yeah, and a plus and a defense plus, and a 46 quintillion more defensive catcher. right and then when, at his peak he was great for like three years like on both sides of the plate and then his defense was still there and then his bat came down and then now he's just his, his defense, defense is above average and his bat is not right like his defense isn't it's not what it used to be like as a catcher like when they traded carson kelly to the to the diamondbacks and Carson Kelly just like went off. Kelly was like, "Yo, like I finally get a shot where I'm like not facing Yadi or Molina because I'm not because when he talked about his time with the Cardinals, he was like, I knew my time was limited. Like because Yadi Molina is waiting to come back from an injury. Like I'm second fiddle, absolutely. But when he went to, like I think the Cardinals would have. It's Whatever. the same. It was the same been for a with. long time with the Red Sox. Christian Vasquez didn't get a fair shot playing every day because they had Sandy Leone, which is just way more egregious to me than Yadier Molina. Well, the Christian, yeah, and Christian Vasquez is also not good either. So it's like he, Christian Vasquez had a good year last year, 
his only good year offensively, period. Hit 25 home runs. Yeah, but was he good besides the home runs? Because 25 home runs doesn't say anything. I think he me. had I think he had an OPS plus over 100. Uh 103. <laughs> 103, yeah. Uh so he's a, he, I mean for a catcher. Right, that's 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 and a decent I mean was the finalist for gold glove last year. Well, that doesn't mean oh, anything. Well, I think it means that's another topic. I think a glove a gold glove means a lot more now. Yeah, but it even then, even then, like, even then. Remember when Rafael Palmero won a Gold Glove and he played thirty <laughs> games? He played thirty-eight games. And he was a DH. And remember, oh god. And JD, JD Martinez won a Silver Slugger at DH and left field. Which, why, <laughs> why? I, I feel why? bad for Chris Davis, who, I don't know if you know, also has a terrible case of the yips. He can't throw the ball in from left field. Wait, That's why yeah, K, yeah, with a K, I was going to say. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, with a K, yeah. Chris Davis on the Orioles just needs to get back on his original ADHD medication. That's my conspiracy theory. Dude, I, I don't blame him, man. Yeah. Like, if I had... If I had Adderall when I was on the mound, I think I would have been an MLB prospect in no time. Cause... See, I took Adderall basically my entire childhood, and it didn't help me out at all. That's fair. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if it would have done it. I don't know. Man, or what was it? What is it, Adderall or Xanax? PED episode. Huh? We've already had a PED episode. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I actually had, like, if I wasn't fighting... 18 different billion things within yeah. my mind on the mound i feel like it that, if i yeah, could just focus i was prescribed adderall for adhd people who take adderall as a stimulant most likely do not have adhd or an advanced form of adhd or add yeah so like they are getting a different chemical push in their brain than i am right they are laser focus we're gonna get this shit done we're gonna do this thing right I have the ability to see what I need to see. My, you know, my fast twitch fibers are moving at speeds that they don't need to. And I was just like, I'm not falling asleep in class anymore. Yeah, like, hey, I. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I. I'm th- every time I like I talk to a doctor, and he's like, "Do you want the medication? Like, you can get it. Like, you, you can get can... it very easily. All you have to do is say you have ADHD." Well, I mean, like they've I've gone through also like actual testing and yeah. things like that with multiple psychiatrists, and they're like, "Well, like I can give it to you. Like this is like not an instance where like like you have it. Like you can like this might help you." And I'm always like, "I don't know." I mean, probably should have, but I don't know. Anyway, I don't even know where I don't even know where we went. Um, I have I have a class meeting in thirty minutes that I have to be at. So let's. Cool. Do you have any Do you have any any more points that you'd specifically like to talk about other than our Lord and Savior Swole Daddy? Yeah. So Swole Daddy um, is. Oh my gosh! If you haven't seen Swole Daddy, um, it's I literally heard. Eric Thames in. in in what green screen is that what it is <laughs> uh, swole daddy was actually mentioned on the broadcast today carl ravage said the words swole daddy amazing on TV. and so apparently he has a real name um i didn't pay attention to it <laughs> no why would you um 
But yeah, so basically where we came from at the beginning is you suck if you don't like baseball outside of America. Amen. Um, the KBO is amazing. Um, the announcers maybe not so much. But yeah. they do the best job that they can at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, ESPN announcers, not KBO announcers. Let's be clear on that. ESPN and announcers. Korean baseball announcers are wild. Oh man, I was it was it the KBO that when Manny Ramirez hit the home run, he was like, like the ex girlfriend that will never return. Was that the KBO? The KBO yes, yeah. amazing, absolutely legend. The only th- I, I remember like before that it was all I think if that was the KBO because I um. It was all Korean before, and then all Korean after, and then that was like the English blurb. Yep. It's just absolutely fucking incredible. Taiwanese. Um, he was in Taiwan. Okay, it was the Taiwanese league. Okay. Yeah, the he CPPL. was playing for the Rhinos. Okay. And yeah, that ball is long gone, just like the ex-girlfriend who will never come back. Amazing. <laughs> what an absolutely legendary call. It's um, just as iconic as Griffey rounding third. Like, yeah. just as iconic. Macklemore should write a song about it. Oh wait, he already did. <laughs> I actually, I, 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 I liked Macklemore for a long time. Um, All the words to Thrift Shop. Does that count? No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I did like. I liked that album. Uh, well, well, I don't even know what album that was called, but the album that Thrift Shop, that Thrift Shop was on. I actually liked that album a lot. But everything he's done since... I liked his original EP. Um, or, like, the EP he got a little bit more popular off of. Um, I liked those, but ever since then, he's been kind of a disappointment. He's had some good songs, but... I don't know, but... I, I do love the mixture of pop culture and baseball, I think. Yes, and that's... I mean, hopefully we will see a lot more of that from Korea. I yeah. mean, they don't need to be perfect MLB but especially with the ESPN announcers from America. There's, it's, I get Daniel it, it's Edward early. with the Mets for eight years. He is definitely liking some stuff. He called one of the players uh, the Manny Ramirez of the KBO and where, like, he just has fun and goofs off and was benched one time because he wasn't running in the field. And so, I mean, you'll see more stories like that. You're going to see a lot of stories about, you know, former baseball players who played in the MLB. Preston Tucker is obviously a big name right now. Dixon Machado. Dan Straley. Is a fairly younger one. Yeah, Dan Straley has been, uh, he, I mean, he, what, six innings, one hit 11Ks yeah. or something, one run 11K, something like that. The, the pitcher that pitched for the Dinos today, the starting pitcher, uh, Ruchinski, I think. Yeah. He had a really good first game. This game, he was, you know, yeah, five earned runs, up. yeah gave up three through five and then gave up five through five and five and five and a third and then was pulled at an ERA over eight today but you know yeah everybody has and I think they just left him in for a batter too long yeah and that happens yeah that happens everywhere but yeah. our dinos won that's all you need to take away from today and swole daddy uh, is swole dad uh, if there is I I am I will be I will create a cult around Swole Daddy. I'll get a tattoo of Swole Daddy if the NC Dinos win the KBO. You Kansas. heard it here first, and if the K- <laughs> if the NC Dinos win the KB- KBO championship, I will replay that clip from this podcast every day until Trevor dies. 
and until he gets a tattoo. So you and heard you know it what? here I'll for even, it. I'll here even uh, nominate my girlfriend for it, too. She's been wanting to get matching tattoos. I feel like Swole Daddy would be a great one. Oh, absolutely excellent idea. Um, <laughs> so both Trevor and Trevor's girlfriend, I will replay this clip <laughs> every single day. Every single day if the NC Dinos win the KBO championship. So you heard it here first. Um, do you have anything else? To, I what time is it? Ah, I got time. Do you have anything else that you would like to add or say before I we? End I don't this think podcast? so. Um, just like my 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 two cents here. MLB the show is garbage. Oh my god, uh, I cannot wait to write <laughs> to write my article just absolutely trashing on their rating systems. Um, I already have well Holden Phillips. I think is. What is, this, what is this Twitter? Is it like Holden Phillips 7 or something? I know I'm going to look this up so I don't make myself a fool. Yeah, at Holden Phillips 7 on Twitter. Great guy. Um, we talk a lot. Writes for East Village Times and Max Boarding Studio. Um, he's going to help me a little bit with the math because even though it's extremely simple math that I'm going to be doing, I haven't done math in like four yeah. years. So um, he's going to help me out a little bit with it. Um, so shouts to him being a great guy. Um, I am once my semester ends i'm going all in on an article about mlb the show and their rating system and the game and i cannot wait to just absolutely trash it because it makes no sense it is the most frustrating thing in the world and i'm gonna be not obviously i'm gonna do it in a way that's journalistic and you know has integrity i'm not just gonna be all salty and mad but i cannot wait to write it because it's gonna be i i think my idea is good regarding it um I did, there's just a lot of things about the show that I don't understand. And we can talk about that next week. It's just, it's gotten terrible. I remember playing like MLB The Show 14, and it was wonderful, and it has just really, really gone down. I remember playing, when Dustin Bedroya was on the cover, what was that, 07? Yeah. On my 07, PSP, 07. and that game ran, like, perfectly. Like, yeah. there was never anything, like glitchy or whatever like on a psp it ran perfectly it was great i love playing it and that's the only reason i still want to like somehow find a psp and get it because i love playing that game as stupid as it is but um i i don't get it i really don't like if you i feel like if you showed at the show to a game at any other AAA studio like bethesda or Rockstar or anything like that, and you showed them this, and you're like, this game is from 2020, they'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, it's, the graphically, it's horrible. They don't do, like, their motion capture system is terrible. Their rating system is terrible. Like, coming from somebody who plays a lot of video games, it's terrible. But at the same time, I do recognize that, like, baseball fans, like, uh, you know, Meg Rowler on Fangraph, she was saying, like, how she was watching players play, and she's like, oh my god, their faces look so similar. But, like, for me, like, I see that, and I'm like, it looks horrible like i played video games my whole life and it's just it's straight trash and it's so disappointing yeah. because it's on like we're like when the next gens come out like that will be like the precipice of video game technology and it's going to be the exact same thing the exact same engine they're not going to fix anything all they're going to do is like add another like gameplay feature and then they're just gonna be done you're with gonna it. be able to move your team now and change your stadium next year or like oh we finally added it to where your road to the show character or like on your like as a gm you can pay your pay players more than 31 million because that's, that's another thing that frustrates and me on franchise up like 10 years 12 years 
31 million dollars a year and they still won't accept you because other team can offer 36 i don't get that i don't get it because i've had it happen to me it doesn't happen often but like another team will offer like oh one year 34 million and i'm like i'm offering you five years and but like i can't match the offer because they're making more money it's the most frustrating and trades i i think i sent it to mlb the shows trading computer trades are so bad i'll have to find the picture i can find it quickly i think but it was the dumbest trade i have ever really i was offered like a minor league prospect for jacob Degrom one time uh here, here it was here it was so uh also casey mize this is by the yeah, way in the year casey 20 mize. this is in the year 2021 so casey Mize, this is the trade athletics required jonathan vr from the marlins who's an 87 overall and the marlins acquire from the athletics by the way casey mize franklin barreto and andres caruso no one why is casey i, I don't even know who franklin Bar- i know who he is but franklin for some decent baseball player like i i don't know like who i know the name i don't know who he is i don't know who he currently plays for so this may also be cause for concern but why is casey mize on the a's in 2021 uh and why are three guys why is jonathan vr he's not 20 what what, is he 28 no he's not he can't be right he's he's old vr is like 27 right now i think no he's 29 right now so why in 20 he's 29 right now so why in 21 2021 is he 28 why is he an 87 overall and why is he getting traded for the what is it the number one or the number two right-handed pitching prospect in baseball franklin barreto and andre cruz i don't it's the worst thing in the world i don't get it but i you know i can't franklin barreto does indeed play for the athletics he's your second baseman okay he's a good he's a good baseball player but like He's not better than Casey Mize, and he's he's probably better than Jonathan VR, especially yeah. when Jonathan VR's Much better than Jonathan. Barreto right now is 24 years old. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. I will right. I will shit on the show all day. I have been playing more Madden and more 2K lately than I have MLB The Show because, one, I don't play online, and so there's no reason for me to play MLB The Show because everything is online. Yeah. And, two their systems are just updated they up they update their games throughout the year to fix stuff yeah that people in the community have a problem with and mlb the show just updates when they have something new for you to buy in diamond dynasty yeah it, it's terrible but anyway i have i've got to get going because i yeah, have a class meeting that should it's set up for you with the fact that swole daddy's real name is Sari the Brontosaurus, and he has a partner named Dendi the Tyrannosaurus. Well, oh, he is a amazing. Wow, <laughs> he is he is a gay icon. He is a gay icon, interracial <laughs> icon, uh, interspecies icon, I should say. Um, Swole Daddy is a god. I will be starting the cult of Swole, Swole Daddy as soon as my semester ends. Uh, everybody is welcome. We are a very open and inclusive cult and community um all we ask is that you get matching tattoos yes all we ask is that doesn't matter the size um you can get you just have to get a matching swole day tattoo i'm not gonna get a full back plate (laughs) well i don't think i have that much love for swole daddy 
Well, you're not in the cult then. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Next week, more baseball news. We'll see what's happening with the KBO. Um, more than six games will be played, and we'll have a larger sample size to, to dissect. Uh, we'll see what other news comes from the uh, players' proposition that comes out either today or tomorrow. And uh, we'll just see what's going on in, in the world. Um, we will definitely have more news for you than there has been in the last three yeah, weeks. For sure. And uh, all, as always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been Episode 7 of the Curious Baseball Podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Put them bright lights on, I shine on them. Put them bright lights on. Ay. Put them bright lights on, this is my moment. Put them bright lights on. Let's go. Put them-